Blog Talk Radio. I am so, so excited today. Um, We are going to have Sinestro on um, and also Jay Logan, and we're going to be talking about social media in the music industry. We're going to be talking about Publishing 101. And I am so excited because, you know, having this conversation with so many amazing people has been a wow factor for us. So before we bring on Sinestro and Jay, I'm going to start with Jay first. We're going to talk about two topics today that's really affecting the country right now. One is in music and one is also in school. So without further delay, I'm going to bring on Mr. Jay Logan. Mr. Logan, how are you today? I'm fine. It's raining cats and dogs out here in the lovely San Francisco Bay Area. I don't Uh, feel bad about that. I don't feel bad about that. <laughs> We're not used to this. Uh, we're not used to this stuff. Well, I think it's only fair because you know we always get the rough weather here, and now we're kind of catching up with you because spring and summer's coming in. So, sorry, Mr. Logan, I don't feel bad at all. Uh, I, I know I wasn't, wasn't going to get any sympathy from you, but um, for all those that care about us out here in non-sunny California. Boy, I thought I saw a boat with animals on it, and this guy named Norris really raining cats and dogs. <laughs> oh, you're funny today. You're funny today. Well, you know, I'm really excited. We have Finastro back, and we're all going to be getting into our debate again over the music industry, uh, you know, what's going on in the music industry with social media and why it's important and what artists can do about it, and publishing 101. You know, I know that's the area that you and Finastro love. I know about it, but can't stand it. But, you know, <laughs> it's a much necessary <laughs> component and people get paid well for it. But anyway, without further ado, because we have to bring Finestro on, I really wanted to get into this conversation, Jay, about the link you, you know, you were sending over about guns and the schools and what they're proposing to do. I, I'm, I'm saying to myself, the, the country's gone from one extreme to the other. Have we lost our minds or what? We want guns out of the schools, okay? You know, and, and, and work with me here, Jay. I mean, I want to know your thoughts. We want guns out of the schools. We say we do, but now we want to give the teachers guns who can handle them, and we want to give officers, you know what I'm concerned about with the teachers, and I would love to know your thoughts. Once the teachers get guns in their hands, if they feel threatened, a child is going to be shot, a child that could be 10 years old, 5 years old, or 17 years old. Um, We're telling the kids that we are going to control you by having a gun in our pocket, so gangs will have now gangland-style um, fights with the cops, you know, because being in a gang is all about, you know, I can prove I'm the, you know, that I'm not scared of this person or that person. Now you're going to bring them into the schools. Jay, I was so surprised that that I'm just, I have no words. What are your thoughts? Well, it's um, very it's a sensitive issue. Um, you want your child protected. And at the same time, you don't want your child to have access to a gun in the school because 
even though even though, even though we might have uh, staff members or armed guards or, or in our schools, um, it's, it's a dangerous situation because a gun could be um, pulled out or pulled away from an officer, or an officer could mishandle a gun and a kid gets shot, or a gun could get uh, set off or fired by mistake. So now you open yourself up to accidents. And, and, and things that could happen within the schools. I don't think that's the. I don't think that's the, the answer. I mean, I just don't think that's the answer. I don't. I don't remember truancy or truant officers having guns. I remember. Yeah, I remember. I remember them having cars, but I don't remember them having guns. I don't believe that's the answer. You know, Jay, I have to tell you, I mean, I know we have Sinestro waiting, so I don't want to stay long. This topic is a topic we really need to discuss at a later time. And even ask Finestro, you know, his opinion on what he thinks about having guns in the schools, you know, because get another person's perspective. I mean, that's really, that's not the answer. You're going to tell kids, well, you know what, if you don't listen to us, I'm going to shoot you. That's what it's really saying. You're not saying it verbally, but that's what it's really saying. Um, you know, and then the second, the second thing that we're going to go into, because as I said, we could go in all day. The big thing that's been going on this week and last week, okay, and that is the news of Universal's deal with Fasem, okay, and also YouTube. That blew my mind. And I think, um, you know, some people think it's great. I think it's great, but I also think there's some some interesting way that they're going to do it. Now, Jay, the way they, uh, Universal is going to do it is publishing will be created by the ad revenue, okay? That's there. And that's, that's, that's pretty interesting. It's going to be created by ad revenue. That's how they're going to make their money there. And they did this just short of their, the deal that they were supposed to ink with Vivo. So it's, it's, it's pretty interesting because now that – the you know their uh, users can use the content of music and of uh, universal music artists in their content, their video content. Now what's going to happen is why would Vivo be needed? Because is um, you know since YouTube is now sponsoring directly with the label, and you know one 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 label starts the rest too. Here's my here's my question to you. Do you think this is a good idea or not? Obviously, Germany has a problem with it, and I like Germany because they have a lot of integrity with their music artists and with their publishing. So I'm going to stop there. What are your thoughts? Um, I, I believe it's a good I, I believe it's a good idea because um, it opens up the whole world to music. Since the, um, the internet is such a vast environment, and it's in every country, this enables music to be um, broadcast throughout the world. So it's like a a worldwide broadcasting satellite. And this also allows us as artists and songwriters to have a bigger revenue stream, which is great um, for if you're a songwriter or you have songs on albums that are out. All these other countries can now join into the revenue stream, and we can all get paid a little bit more. So I think any time an artist can be paid more for his services, his or her services, it's a great thing. I think it's a great – I think it's great. Um, what about the music artists what about the music artists themselves? You know, Jay, I want to bring Finestro on into this conversation, if you don't mind. You, you ready for Finestro? Uh, yeah. Are you sure? Uh, yes, I'm sure. Oh, okay, because I, I want to know if you can handle the conversation today that we're going to get into on this, you know. Because, you know, I, 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 know, I, know, it, that 
I know he's going to throw some blows, so I'm ready for him. Come on, come on in, Fernestro. <laughs> Are you ready for the blows, Fernestro? Yeah, I'm ready. Are you sure? Because you know Jay's ready I'm... for you today. All right, let's do this. <laughs> so, um, Jay, please continue on. What were you saying about your thoughts about that? Well, I, like I was saying, anytime artists and songwriters and um, can get another revenue stream, because you know, you know how the industry jail has went down as far as revenue streams, and then you have the virtual uh, companies like uh, Pandora who don't pay, uh, quote unquote, what the regular revenue stream should be. We had a, uh, um, a show about that uh, last year, so I think this is great because now we are open up to a better revenue stream. With 127 countries, I believe, that are now going to participate in this. Wonderful thing. I think this is a great, great, great thing. Vanessa, what is your take on it? I have to agree with Jay Logan, and actually, it's actually gotten better, Gail. There's breaking news. As of uh, April 1st, Google acquired Spotify, 4.2 million deal, billion deal. Google owns YouTube in partnership with that, therefore, Google is about to be the big dogs now because now it's going to call YouTube Music. And they have acquired Spotify, which has been a problem for a lot of artists. So this is happening in real time because the Wall Street Journal, they said that they're creating a new frontier for music subscriptions that give Google peop, uh, people that's on Google massive edge and competitors like Apple. So what's going to happen is because Spotify is streaming, Google's acquiring Spotify, $4.2 billion, and YouTube is partnership with Universal. This is what's going to happen. For artists, independent artists, we won't need labels anymore. What they're going to happen Whoa. is they're going to monetize their videos and their music, publishing their music, they're going to create some more streaming revenue through advertising, which is going to create more subscription for Google, and also is going to actually expand the whole, like, game. So it's going to gain an enormous like, acquisition for, for like, um, for actually, like, more music and actually variety. And, like, it, it, it separates it separates the whole Napster to, like, business, let's get a publishing deal. Because, you know, Napster was all about free downloads. But now they're going to buckle it down now because now it's, like, it's official, official, you know? So, well, one thing I want to—I—I I, I hate to burst both your bubbles, but what ha, what is what normally happens with Google, just like they did with Google Reader, just like they did with Grand Central, which was which is now Google Voice. What Google does is they start a service, Jay and and Finestro, and they play around with it for a year or two, and then they close it down. Now you must remember, there's Google, there's Google Play. The reason why Google would start to acquire other services is to have them around for a while, and, and usually they shut them down. Because, <laughs> okay, because right now, since only because I have some inside information with Google Play, um, and as you both know, um, and Jay, we go to those conferences, um, you know, around the world, like Medan and so forth. So this is public information, but a lot of people don't read or are not privy sometimes to the international news. And that is that Google has Google Play, and they have planned on doing some things to Google Play. People see Google Play on their phones and figure it's just about apps. No, Google Play is really about their music service. And so for Google Play's music service to expand, excel, think about it, Finestro and Jay, they're not going to keep Spotify in place because then that takes away from Google, Google Play. 
They didn't start Google Play for nothing, and they haven't closed Google Play down. Like, the dumbest thing to me is that they closed down Google Reader. I love Google Reader. So did everyone wow. else, too. Okay? So, so if you think, if, 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 and, and think about it, Google Reader has now been shut down for almost three weeks. So now if Google Reader has been shut, shut down for three to four weeks, something that was very popular, something, something that people loved on their phones some, and, and computers and iPads, Microsoft Surface, you name it, why would they close down a very functioning tool that has worked? Okay? They acquired um, Grand Central, which was a service. Shout out to our buddy Ian Eisenberg who told me about um, Grand Central a long time ago. Um, and, you know, and you know that's our buddy, Jay. So uh, he, start, he helped us start the radio show almost two and a half years. And one of the things we knew about Grand Central through Ian was that Google, I mean Grand Central, um, Finestro, before it was started, was very successful. You know what, uh, Google bought it and turned it into Google Voice. So Google has a history of taking over or acquiring and then turning into its own brand. There's no way that they can let Spotify stay out there by itself. And if they do, I would be quite shocked. So, you know, I don't, I don't pay this any mind too much. It might stay around for six to eight months. I just hope the people in Spotify still have their jobs. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So that that's you got you got to look at we got to look at the history, um, and and the history not too long ago, if they would shut down yeah. such a successful thing as Reader, what else would they do? You know, what are your thoughts, Jay, on that? Well, it's all it's, it's just true. A lot of the big corporations uh, they shut down. It's been happening in the music business for a long time. Um, they see threats and Spotify. You know, you can get stuff free on there. My daughter uh, Jelena, she listens to Justin Timberlake's album on there. I had to go buy it. She said, "Well, why did you go buy it? I got it for free. I can listen to it anytime I like." What? You know? So that doesn't have a revenue stream because they're pretty much advertising on there. That's how they make any money. But. Uh, just to them and not really receiving the benefits. So that makes sense. This whole YouTube thing, I really think, Gail, it's all about getting subscriptions, and they, soon YouTube will not be free for certain parts of YouTube. Soon oh, you have my to pay. God. Yeah, that's what this is about. That's crazy. That's crazy. You mentioned that. You crazy mentioned that. They're going to. Yeah, it's like, yeah. it's like HBO, Showtime. Yeah, here we go now. We got these videos. You can have your own MTV, do your own thing. Hey, let's get a. Monthly subscription, $19 a month, and you can see any video you like in any type of show. It's television on the Internet, and they're going to charge us. and It's not going to be and free anymore. And that's unfair because here's the thing. You know, what, before I go into what I was going to say, you know, Finestro, what are your thoughts on that? Well, <laughs> I'm probably going to quit my day job and just do music if that's the case of, um, when things happen because, you know, when people have built content over years and they have their own following and their own, like, um, subscribers to their own channel. So pretty much this deal was going to do for those people who actually work hard for their users to, like, stay tuned on all those people in L.A. who have their own production team and their own advertising and their own, you know, monetized um, brand in the music and in the film world. Like, this is opening a lot of doors for people to now seize the opportunity that they already have or for the newcomers, it's going to probably be harder for the newcomers because, when you, as you said, like, as you said, yeah, it's, it, like, you got to know the backstory and the history, like knowing where things came from. I think it's going to benefit more the people who actually was consistent than rather than the, the newcomers because what happens is you still have the advantages of having 
certain perks that you had before then a, a company changed. So things was going to happen is um, when it comes down to, like, like um, the things, the new features that Google is probably going to change, you know, it's not going to affect the users that actually build their own community because usually when people build their own community and their own subscribers, they already have people they could just take and make their own social network and make money from there, you know. So that doesn't affect people who actually been there in a while. But I do know that, like as Jay, um, as Jay said, it's going to be something that is going to be um, – everyone's going to have a piece of the pie, you know. And, yes, I wouldn't be surprised if Google or YouTube, they start, hey, now you have to pay for our service, you know, because, you know, <laughs> it's, it's acquiring a lot of, um, like, interest and revenue. But, hey, this is, where, this is where the cookies crumble, you know. Like, there's also talks that Facebook is trying to make a phone, something crazy like that. Like, things are trying to happen so much so people can make sure that, they don't lose money or like they get more like advertisers they're getting they're getting more um a sense of uh recycling you know the whole system but I'm telling you like that alone actually it helps a lot you know with um with the independent artists you know and for artists that really thinks that hey maybe my music can't be heard by labels well now you know there's a there's a closer there's a closer chance you know you have a better chance yeah. now. That's, that's true. And, and, you know, I tell you guys, it's going to be interesting. So, you know, I want to go back to something that um, we spoke about on the uh, radio some weeks ago, um, Finestro, that you weren't around at that time, but it uh, comes right in. Um, you know, um, Jay, do you remember that conversation we had about Simon Cowell launches a U generation? And it was yeah. about, uh, and, and so they were connect, he was connecting people in 25 countries, not just with music, but talents across the board. I think Simon had an, uh, an inside, kind of like an inside feed to knowing this was going to happen because now this will blow up. He, cause I, he went from television to now YouTube, which is going to bring us into the social media and publishing in, in a few seconds. But here's the thing that is going to be very interesting. I, w- I have a question to both Jay and, and Finestro here. What's going to happen? when they go to a freemium service, freemium meaning, you know, it's free on this level, but you've got to pay on this level and this level. Now, here's the thing. For people that use YouTube just to make fun videos, that means that when people, you know, grab those videos and they go viral, it's going to make it harder. And people, you know, yep. then they're going to start going over to Vivo, which as much as you guys are saying right now, you and Jay are saying, oh, money will be made, I'm going to throw a monkey wrench in here. People can't just put their stuff up free. Okay, because YouTube is making a lot of money with the ads the way they're doing now. Okay, you can't actually sometimes go into a video without. Okay, wait till this ad stops after four seconds, and you you can skip it. So here's the thing: people have gotten used to it that way, and they're okay with that. It doesn't feel as intrusive. But now you're telling me I've got to pay, and 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 now not only do I have to pay, I have to. You know, I don't mind you making money because I'm using your content. When, or putting your ads there, that's okay. Or you want me to buy the album and click on it here or click this. I don't mind that. But now you're telling me I have to pay to see the same thing. I not only have to, you want me to buy your album, but you want me to pay to see your video? Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm saying to you, yes, I want you to pay to see my video, uh, Beyonce's video, and all the other video interviews that come along with this nice No, service. no one else. No one's going to do it. And I'm, I'm going to say this to you. That's when parents are going to pull back. 
because they're not going to give their kids the money to do that, okay? That's when kids are going to pull back. A lot of kids use YouTube, and they're not going to want to pay yeah. for that. So, you know, I hear what you're saying, Vanessa and Jay, but they're not, that's where YouTube is going to be stupid and lose out. So YouTube, if you're listening to us, keep it free. Just use your ads because that's how the money is going to be made. Ad revenue for the publishing is going to be used with ads placed inside the videos that people use Universal Music co- um, content. That is really going to be dumb if YouTube becomes a freemium model. People yeah, are look at what it is. You guys look at some of the look at some of the benefits. Just think if you are on a reality show and your reality show is on YouTube with the, with the videos and you can interact with these people now. You can you can you can you can you have a a camera on your um, on your laptop and you can now talk to you can talk to these people and be part of the show, kind of be part. Of it. So now you can interact. So that this is a whole interaction thing. A whole interaction sh- thing like what? I'm, I'm I'm going to – okay, now, Jay, privy me and Finestro to this because I didn't see that. Okay. So okay, now, you know, with television, with television, you can only watch it. But with YouTube and with the camera, the cameras on the laptop, now you can be part of the interaction and, and suggestions and be part of the show. Actually, you can put yourself in the show with these reality stars, with these music stars that make suggestions. Leave, uh, leave videos, real-time videos, and now you're part of the whole thing. It's not just you're not, you're not just going to be watching videos, but you're going to be part of the whole scenario. I, I really believe that now that you can interact with some of your stars, like uh, Jay-Z, for instance, you can actually talk to him and leave him a video, and he can put your video and post your video on his YouTube show, on his channel. You know, and it's yeah, more than just... Actually, yeah. But you can do that now. You can do, yeah, you do that now. It's through Ustream. You can do it you now, do it through Ustream. No, but you can do it now actually on YouTube. I've done it all the time. I leave my video comments there and say you could do this, that, and the other, or I leave my suggestions. We, you can do that right now. But not, actually, not through Ustream, you can do your, that. Not your visual, not your visual, not your yes, visual you suggestions. Oh, yes, you can. You can use visual yeah, suggestions. Yeah, you can, Jay. On YouTube and right not now. Direct, and, and, not, and not directly and have an influence on the show itself. Yes, you can. You can do that right yeah. now. Well, they, don't, they, they don't have a lot of uh, stars who have their own channels and doing their own shows yet. Right. Not yet, but they actually have yeah. access. People have access to it. Yeah, and you do it, and you can well, actually I'm, do I'm, it I'm, now. I'm, I'm talk- okay, I'm speaking about major productions. I'm not talking about, like, the, sh- the little small stuff. I'm talking about if Jay-Z had his own show every – or let's say, listen, give. Now we have a, we have a blog YouTube show. And, you know, our listeners can come in and be part of it and sit in a, uh, you know, we can do uh, roundtables and stuff like that. You know, well, you can do that now, Jay. You can do that right yeah. now, Jay. I mean, with YouTube, you can seriously do that right now. The, the, the point yeah, that we're getting, yeah. at, getting at, you know, is that Finestro and I are saying, you know, Finestro, please come in here, is what we're saying is that why should we have to pay for that when we can do it right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In other words, like, you don't have to pay for something that's free. Like, for example, Ustream, I play for this group called The Survivor's Road. They always perform, like, they're the poets. They always perform with Ustream live for those who are in the U.K. Even though they can't come to the show in New York, they're part of the whole user experience. And they type in, hey, can the cameraman put this loud? Oh, I love this poem. Oh, this and, and actually, it's crazy. As it's happening in real time, while they're texting it, and somebody in the back is telling the monitor, "Oh, do this." It's happening in real time. 
even though they're not there in New York watching the show, they happen to be in the back in UK or Australia or whatever, looking at the show from New York and actually getting the user experience in line, and, which is that's crazy, you know, because now what's going to happen is it's like people don't have to go to the show. You probably going to pay like half the price of the show because you're not there, but you're going to see the show, you know? You know? What about movies and um, being able to see the brand new movies that will be put out? Like Universal might have a couple of movies being released. Um, you can buy, you can see those on you can see those on uh, YouTube. You can or see Netflix. Them on <laughs> or Netflix. I would tell you the bootleg way to see it, but I'd probably get in trouble. <laughs> you know, okay. So okay, you see that's what I'm saying. And you know, you know, but what I'm saying is, what's funny is, and please don't get come after me, guys, because I don't do, I haven't done it in years. It was on somebody else's computer. But the point is, the reason why I made that joke is because you can do it. You can do all of this <laughs> stuff. You can do. So why? I mean, with all due respect, this is free now. It's it's free on YouTube. And here's now Jay and Finestro. I see both your points on some other levels. Now here's what's really, really, really interesting. Okay, the the whole thing is that. There are some shows, I'm sure you guys know a lot of this stuff yourself. There's some web only, like for instance, Netflix, all right? I don't, I don't care. Everybody loves Netflix, and some people love it because they can still pop a DVD in it and look at where they want to or stream it and stop it. Look, I can see a DVD and stop it where I want to and come back to it. And, you know, I, I don't need Netflix to be spending 20 to $25 a month. I got family members that do it, and I think it's nuts. My brother does it. Mm. You know, why am I going to spend that kind of money for old shows? Okay, that's what really gets me. They don't even get it. They don't even get the show when the DVD, J and Finestro comes out. Okay? They get the show uh, three months later than even what your cable box gets it and DVD gets it on that Tuesday. Why am I going to wait? I'm going to pay $20 to wait? I could just answer my cable bill. But but you guys see some people have, some people have nine to fives and they sneak on their lunch break and they want to watch what they want to watch so they pay like I, my my um, my engineer Antoine he has one of those Galaxy Notes and he watches movies on his you know he doesn't supposed to I'm not, I don't mean to tell on him but um, he does, <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe he's at his job Gail and he, he this is the only time he gets you know when he gets home he's tired and on his lunch break he gets to watch a quick movie or something you know so hmm, it might be. So maybe your brother, you know, in between there, can watch a movie when he's waiting for his his daughter or something to come from out of school. Or you know, people have those little reasons why. You know. Yeah, uh-huh. and are you one of them, Jay? Yeah, I think I I told him myself. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm one of the, I don't. I'm one of the are guys. you an Are you a Netflix guy, Jay? Yeah, 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 yeah. We have Netflix. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. You can have it. <laughs> Uh, okay. Yeah, it's better to own the movie. You know, it's better if you like something. It is better to have your own copy. You don't have to deal with that and pay a thousand times for the same movie over and over. And it is better. But if you can't well, afford it, you get, you get a huge. It's like a huge library card. It's kind of kind of neat, you know. <laughs> well, guys, one one of the things I wanted to go into because we've got to get right into the social media and the publishing, which brings us right into that. Yeah. But but before I want to go into that, well, we're going to do the social media as well, Finastro, because, you know, um, for about 10 minutes just to give our audience some pointers or artists and so forth, and maybe you entrepreneurs can get some ideas from it. But before we go into that, you know, Finastro, I really we didn't get a chance to ask you about a very important topic that, you know, we talked about, 
And um, I really wanted to talk, ask you about that. Um, you know, you heard about the, the topic of the guns in the schools and even yeah, teachers yeah. get ready to go. Yeah. What's, your, what's your take on that, being that, you you know, you're in the church and, you know, you both you and Jay and I, we deal with kids in the church and so forth. What are your thoughts about the teachers having guns and uh, officers having guns? Um, I definitely know for sure. Um, I'm going to go straight to the law. By law, you still have every right to have a gun by law, but depends on the state. Now, the thing is, it gets kind of gray area when you have to consider that some states don't, some states prohibit you carrying your arm unless you're a law enforcer. But for a, for a teacher to have a gun in New York City, if there's not there's not much training in that and there's not much um, history by that to even do that. So I don't think teachers should. I know for a fact there's other alternatives where people have. Um, they have the stingray gun, which is uh, pretty much to paralyze someone about for for a couple of minutes or so um, to disarm them. This like guns are uh, like consider this. It's a it's a tool to use as a means. So guns aren't meant to kill. Like of course people use it for their own pleasure or for their own harm, but it's a it's like a tool. You know, it's an instrument people use from point A to point B, but people use it in the wrong way. But there's other tools that's similar that won't harm to kill someone that can be used towards defending oneself. Like, people forgot about the tasers, you know. Like, those things, they could kill people, but if you put a certain voltage to to disarm the person, you know, and it's effective so it will not kill the person, but it will disarm them. You know, there's other alternatives that they can implement for school teachers to use instead of guns because guns are extreme. Come but on, do you man. think that? But do you think that teachers really need guns in the class or any kind of form? I, I think because what it'll do is push the kid to try them even more. You know what? I don't think they should have guns. I think, I, in my opinion, I think um, New York City um, teachers should get training on self-defense. I think they should get classes like they should give them a not either a stipend or like free classes they could take with the police academy or whatever or dojo whatever to learn self-defense, to learn not to use any anything physical towards that because a lot of things could be co- prevented by communication. You have, to, you have to learn how to, like, be mindful and, like, it's, a, it's very manipulative, but, hey, those people who, the negotiators, negotiators that know how to, like, negotiate people to get out of building without no harm, whatever, teachers got to be trained for that stuff. And, like, we never have to pull out a gun and just start, you know, put your gun down and shoot to a kid, and the kid got like a Uzi. Come on, that's like that's so dramatic. Like, come on, that's like in the movies. Let's be realistic here. Like, consider the options: self defense. Like, I go as far as tasers, but not guns. That's that's heavy. That's really heavy. But and even a taser, grade, and also too, a ta- a taser can affect a child too. Yeah, it does. They can't, it doesn't kill them. Depends, man. But even that—that's kind of very. That's very dangerous too. That's very dangerous. But still, well, something. Well, yeah, violence will attract violence. And you have these officers and bank staff members. Uh, I'm, I'm with you, Gail. Like the taser, those things will attract more violence. I mean, the kids—I can imagine a kid and coming back later with something else retaliate. Yeah, it's it's it's. I just think it's, I just think it's a little nuts 
Yes, you know. Yes, it is. Uh, we got to teach. We got to teach nonviolence. You know, what classes do we have in our schools? And how, how are we teaching our villages? How are we teaching the public? I mean, we have these two wars. We have two wars going on, and we see all this violence on TV. How are we teaching? How are we teaching America? That's the education. That's the way to stop. I tell you, it, it's um, it's wild. That's all I can say. It's wild. And so, you know, okay, so with that said, let's get right into the social media. I just wanted to really ask Finestro his thoughts, you know, about that and to see, you know, like really see what he thought, you know, because he deals with these kids. We deal with the kids. But it's always great to have another person's opinion on, Mm -hmm. you know, what their thoughts are about, you know, just guns in the school. I'm like, you know, and, and here's another issue I have. What if the, what if the officers, so you know the, the protocol for officers is to say, stop, stop right now, I'm drawing my gun. What if that kid doesn't stop and he has nothing in his hand? Are you going to shoot him? That's what well, they do. That, you know what's crazy? You said that. Um, again, like um, I'm working closely with with the, um, the Harlem School Zone Academy uh, agency, and they train, they're going to train these, they train these kids, you know. What to do? First of all, a lot of these kids get in a lot of trouble because they don't know the law, and that's lack of education or lack of knowledge. And they got these programs even through um, since since Saint Mo. He's a he's a he has a he's a like a five or six degree background. He has a dojo in Harlem. He teaches the kids not only self defense, but he teaches the kids the law, what to do when a police officer stops you. Teaches you know self respect, you know discipline. If these kids don't know these things, what they project is gonna be the complete opposite of what they're gonna have. Like it's gonna be very detrimental. So lack of knowledge is what's getting these kids in trouble. Because if a kid knew exactly what to do, the etiquette and how to put, like to react in a certain way when you're stopped at a light or when you're stopped at the train stop, you need to do anything to a police officer or whatever. If you know the if you know what to do and you know and you're aware of that, like there won't be much problems. Um, well, the thing a lot of times it can be a lot of times it can be prevented by not overreacting, and it's just a lot to do with knowledge because there's things that police do that are very legal. You know what I'm saying? I didn't mean to interrupt you, Sinestro, but here's one of the things that you may want to look at, MJ. On either side, there are special education kids. There are kids that have ADD. There are kids that have bipolar. Yeah. Okay. Seeing a, gun in, seeing a gun in the school could trigger them. Yeah. Seeing a gun in the school could actually trigger them. So that's, that's, to me, that's an issue. Seeing a gun in the school could trigger them. You know, when you're bipolar and you're a child and you're dealing with uh, depression or anything, you have trigger points. What if they've seen their mother get hit or their father get hit or something? Violent. They see it... Mm-hmm. Uh, an adult with a gun, you know, there are things that we're human beings, okay? We're not in the Army now. We're not in the Marines now. You know what I'm saying? So if you want to prepare your child for the Marines, then, you know, that's fine. But the Marines is not in a school. It's not a military school. You're turning regular every day. You know, I've got a, uh, my six-year-old child. Let's say I had a six-year-old child, and she wants to just come and play, and she looks up at the cop, and he's got a gun. You know, what if a kid thinks that, you know, his teacher's going too far and grabs the gun out of the holster. There's all kinds of things. Kids are quicker. Some of these officers are so out of shape, they can't even cross the street without going for a donut. <laughs> okay? 
and you and you going to sit there and race after a kid that just took your gun out of your holster? And I want the police department to know that I have the most respect for you. I'm not being funny. I have the most respect for you, but you don't belong in a school with your gun. You chase that kid. I remember seeing officers from police plaza, one officer or two around my school, and that's it. And we felt comfortable with that. But it's going to be okay, okay at the corral, man. Let's go. Let's let's take this on. You, you ready for me? That's what it's going to be. Because it, you know what? What's funny? It's not so much the gangs in the schools. You know what we're hearing about? Some kid who had mental illness, bipolar, or whatever. And and Jay and, and Finestro, you tell me if I'm wrong, and then I'll get off this subject. But you tell me if I'm wrong, Jay and Finestro. Who is the one doing the sh- shooting? Yeah, the law enforcement. Definitely. It's, it's not law enforcement. No, the kid that's doing the shooting is the one that had mental issues. Look at the thing in Colorado. Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. The thing in Colorado, I, the kid from college. I, I want to add something that's very important, Gail, and, and this, is, this, this will put another, shed another light. Look what happened to Trayvon Martin. Okay, that was an officer, oh, kind of an officer guy, Zimmerman, and you saw what a gun could do. So he got mad. Let's say the kid doesn't get mad, but the officer just loses it. Hey, I can't stand this kid. He's been bugging me all day. And he goes after this little kid, and he shoots the kid by mistake. There's another, there's, there's another thing that could happen. You know, you have just menta- the mentality of the guard or the staff member because we're human, like you said. Things happen. And having guns, that adds a whole can of worms. I'm going to tell you, I was on the streets of New York, and um, there was an officer, and he was actually very nice. But this guy, this woman was like, move your car. And, you know, he got out, and I said, and I said to him, I spoke to him very nicely because I didn't know where his head was. I said, you know, you, you shouldn't get mad at her because she's right. And maybe you don't do that, but there are some officers that take their badge a little too far, you know. And then if you say something to them, they're like, well, what, I'll, I'll lock you up. So here's uh-huh. the thing. I I think officers are 100% necessary. Without officers, we would all be in trouble. We need them on our streets. We need them to protect us. But having them in our school to that degree or having teachers with guns, no. Especially if we're going to have, if we have to have the guns, then I'd rather have the officers. I don't want a teacher with a gun. So I'm going to stop it right there as far as, you know, that is, as far as that is concerned. But what I will say is this. Um, I am ready to get into the social media aspect of this, and we're not, we, we don't have a lot of time because we really have gone into the YouTube thing, which goes right into publishing somewhat. Um, and so we're going to get right into the social media for just a few minutes. And, you know, yeah. so um, I, I, what I'm going to ask of you guys is to just share some tips with the artists and the musicians and producers of how they can put themselves out there. And let's give them some real-time tips. But I want to start out with something, Jay and Finestra, that's okay first. You know, I called a, uh, a colleague, or so to speak, about um, in another country, actually, um, and he called me yesterday when we had a meeting. And I said, he says, well, you know, I, I'm, we were calling on behalf of our client, and the gentleman says, you know, well, in order for us to check out your artist, you know, no matter how great the, uh, the artist is, um, what we need to know is, well, what is their social media? You know, what are their links? What are their SoundCloud links and all these things, right? So now you, me, and Jay will know that. But I'm off the street and I want to sing, okay? And let's say, say an A&R person thinks that you are, you know, a gift. You, you know, you don't need the social media or whatever. Okay, that happens one in one millionth chance today. 
because we have the computer and everything is so available, okay? My question to you and my question to you and Jay is he's looking for Facebook following, YouTube following, SoundCloud links, not just the SoundCloud links to hear the music, but Facebook following and all this, okay? All well and good. Some people leave their Facebook accounts, Jay and Finestro, undone for I don't know how long. Okay? Wow. Yeah. Some people and, and you know this, Finestro, some people leave because oh, you don't yeah. have the time. You don't have the time. Twitter, everything. You know, so let's start. Um, if Vanessa is okay, I'm going to start with Jay first. What is your thoughts about that, uh, Jay? Well, like like you said, the world is a bigger playground. And all your all your fans and following aren't going to be your best friends next door neighbor. They might can't stand you, but you've got to reach out and you've got to be able to manage and, and your social media. It's just so important now. It's not about uh, just the neighborhood, the local people in your area. And you have to go out and greet these fans. So it's very important for these big corporations to understand that you do have a following, you do have a Twitter account, you do have a Facebook account, and anything else you might need, your YouTube. Uh, you've got to reach out because now there's a bigger bigger playground. And if you don't, you're going to be left behind. So that's how, that's how – sorry, but that's how it goes now. That, that's the rules. Well, is there any – and, and let me ask you this: Is there any thoughts that you can? Is there any advice that you can give to people about social media, Jay? Well, I think the the, the most advice is you have to be a great networker, and you got to get out there. You know, it's not going to come to you. Uh, you got to go out there and get your subscribers. You got to got to be part of the new te- technology. You got to you know you got to you got to participate, and that's the biggest thing. If you don't know how to use a computer. You're out. If you can't use a computer, you, it's a lot of things you can't do. And believe it or not, there's still people who don't know how to use their computer or their phone. There's still millions of people who are not computer savvy. So you got to get some type of one-on-one. Um, you have to go take some type of uh, technology uh, courses and learn how to, you know, to manage your social media. And don't be afraid uh, because it's really fun. And like you said, Gail, the, the time and effort to do that takes a lot of time. So a lot of times people don't have the time to do it because their their work schedule and their livelihood is so busy. So sometimes you might have to have a, a college kid or your your daughter or Jelena or somebody help you with it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, I mean, but what 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 social networks, Jay, would you tell people to start out with? Well, um, just be aware that once you open yourself up with social media, you're putting yourself out there. Um, right now, everybody's doing Facebook. Um, I would I would start off. Actually, people should start off for me um, writing blogs. You know, I would I would start off like that if I was going if I had to start all over again. I went to Facebook first, and um, and back then they had uh, Facebook and the other, I can't think of the other people right now, but I went to Facebook first, and that's where I started. But um, I think that you've got to get blogs out there because those, those things, they float around the Internet and they stay there, and people can read them, and they can find out more about you. And exactly. um, I would start off blogging. I would start off blogging first. And like, that's a whole other subject. Well, what is a blog? You know, so we got to... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, it, 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 it answers itself. It answers itself. Blog. And Sinestro, I would, I, would you do me a favor? Um, would you start out sharing with people right away, um, if you don't mind? 
um, you you're you know you and I, you. You and I have go heavy into social media, so I want you to start like by giving the producer, the artist, right now, one hundred and one, and I'll come in with you. Um, you know what you think is best. Okay. Um, first, I agree with Jay, but to be honest with you, I wouldn't necessarily start on Facebook. Here's why, uh, my opinion, because Facebook, you have to well, do no, footwork. Uh, uh, okay. Before we oh, start, no, maybe I, I, maybe. Maybe I wasn't clear. I'm sorry, guys. Um, to you and Jay, what give give our audience what you would start on? Okay, okay, what? audience. Here's here's what I recommend. Uh, when you're first starting on as a musical producer, you have to start on a like not just a social media, but you need a platform where you could share that will share to other outlets. And one thing that I recommend using is Reverb Nation. The reason why I say Reverb Nation is because Reverb Nation it allows you to not only um, monetize your tweet, your tweets, and your Facebook, but also there's a way you can also build your content with their system, which is cool. Like um, one thing, for example, that my band Broken Chains we, we did, um, we have an application. We actually have an application. You can either use it for Android. And or iPhone. I think they have an iPhone coming up, but pretty much you pay a fee. I think $100 or something. I don't know. But everything that you put through Reverb Nation, it will show on someone's phone. So if you post a new song, you link it to your SoundCloud, the people who download your app for free, they will get it. So if you have a Facebook fan page, you could start it off. You could sign up through Reverb Nation. It will create the content so that way you don't have to go and do it on Facebook separately. You can actually it's a one-stop deal. So what it do, what it does for you, it creates a, a organization for you. You could put all your gigs where you're playing. You can even, I think there's a way you could also blog, like sidebar on like create um, where you could export. Um, like you have a link, you can export. You could put your links to where your blog is. So it's all in one page. So people don't have to run around find your stuff. If it's all in one page. Especially for those artists who can't afford to get a, um, a, a website, you could draw them to your Reverb Nation. They could stream your songs. They could see your photos. They could see your events. They could see what others people say about you, and they could see your Facebook, your Twitter, your MySpace, whatever. Like whatever you put on there, it will send out to all the networks, except for Instagram, of course. But this is a one-stop deal. And what's cool about Reverb Nation? Other artists you can follow and labels and managers and booking agents, they are all on there too. So once you reach a certain plateau of your success, like you reach number 50 in pop in New York, you're going to get a lot of a lot of emails from labels Hey, or songwriting competitions. They're all there. And what's special about that too, I could tell you from my personal experience, I think you should definitely try it. Whoever's in the audience out there who's ever artist, producer, label head, whoever is a um, a booking agent, that's the way you also weed out what kind of artist that you need or who you want to collaborate with in your, in your area and everything. So you actually get analytics, believe it or not, through Reverb Nation. So you actually know where you stand, who's on the top, who's on the bottom, who's in the middle. 
And they're, they're very honest about it, like, I guess, based on plays and based on favorite. And what it does, it allows you to not only see your own progress, but see other people's progress and see how well they do it so you can actually replicate or fix what you got to do. So it's like a trial and error, but you can definitely know where you are in your standing in your zone, in your country, in your state, in your city, in your town. It goes very specific. So that's why I recommend you join Reverb Nation, and then when you do that, you could do Facebook, which you could pretty much control the content from Reverb Nation to change in a post for you on your behalf, which makes it simpler, less, you know, less is more. And um, it's great. You know, it's easy. It's like a generator. It's like you punching the, the information, one, two, submit, and it's done, you know. That's something that I would recommend everyone, you know. Because it's 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 cost effective and you know it's it's free. Well, you know, here's the thing. I, the thing is, let me get started. The thing is with blogs. So, Finestro, you, myself, and Jay, we basically have either a website, a blog, a Facebook page, you know, our Twitter accounts. Um, we have some of those things. If not all of them, we have some of it. Okay. Then we have some other. You know, we've got YouTube, Vimeo, and all that stuff. The thing is that. People don't realize that once they get started, you know, it's it's funny. Once they get started, okay, um, they don't know they have to keep it up. That's one. Number two, they don't realize that social media is you really can't, you know, someone, one of the worst things I know I hate, is I engage you on Twitter and I wait for a day for you to get back to me. Well, once I get to know the person, that's okay because everyone runs their Twitter accounts differently. But if you're going to be an artist and you want to know what's going on, you want to be able to be connected. Now, you don't want to be married to your phone, but you want to be connected to your fans. And the most important thing is if someone direct messages you, which in Twitter, they have, if you're not familiar, they have a direct message function, and then they just have the tweet function. And that will come up and it will let you know when you have a mention, or when you have someone who's talking directly to you, which is an interaction, and it'll let you know when you have a direct uh, mention, I mean direct uh, message. It's important you answer those direct messages. That could be uh, future business for you, could be opportunities, it could be someone wants to talk to you about a collaboration, which is still an opportunity, um, and it yeah. could be that someone or mention your music. You don't want to sit there and say not thank you. It's etiquette just the way if you were sitting at a table eating and the waiter comes and gives you your food. Mm. So th- those are very, it's very important that you are steadily on interaction. One of the things I know is Vanestro and Jay are constantly on their Facebook page, even their personal profile. They'll, you know, they'll, they'll place something there, and if someone says something nice about what they place, Vanestro and Jay will say thank you. you know? Oh, yeah, or, hey, that's very powerful. Having you know seen you in a long time, or Jay might uh, uh, post something there about a past show he did, or Jay might post something there about something he comes across that's interesting. Okay, you're interacting with people. So Jay, you want to say anything more about that? Yeah, the other thing I want to to, to um, empower our listeners, audience out there, is about a thing called Bandpage, where where a lot of people out here use. I don't know if Finestro is familiar with Bandpage. Bandpage dot com. Is a place where you know your fans can and they can uh, interact with you directly, and you can you can show you know 
your social media friends and stuff, who you are and what you do, what kind of music you're doing. So if you guys get a chance out there, check out bandpage.com because it's really it's kind of the Facebook for musicians and producers and people who want to get their social media out there. And there's a whole bunch of people out there that love to hear your music. So just remember that, bandpage.com. Okay. Awesome. And, um, you know, so um, Jay and, 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 and Nestor just need you to hang out for, like, 10 extra minutes today because this show really went into different areas, which I think for a change is really good. Um, so, Nestor, one of the other things um, that I know that um, you do specifically, and I know Jay, Jay does it in another area, you know, because, like, all, all three of us have our areas of social media that we use. Not everyone yeah. uses the same social media, you know. Um, you know, so, like, Jay... Like Jay said, band page is good for him, you know, and, and Facebook may be good for him. And for me, I like to be on Twitter a lot because it's in real time. Yeah. And I, I, I like Facebook as well, and, but because of Facebook has some privacy issues as well, I do like to stay on Twitter as a, as a result. Now, my question to you is, Finestro, wh- you, you said Reverb Nation, but would you not only say, in fact, this is to both you and, and Jay, would you not say, like Jay said, starting off with um, a blog? So I'm just going to run it down, and you guys just come in where you think you should, you know, at the end. Definitely have a blog written about yourself. Keep it up. And I mean really keep your blog up. If you're only going to post once a week, somewhere on your blog, let your audience know I'm only going to post once a week. If you're, if you're going to post twice a week, then post twice a week. Let it be on the same days, okay? Keep your content relevant. Okay, even if you post just a little something, don't try to get into too many places of having too many social media programs or sites if you're not going to keep them up. If you're going to have Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and SoundCloud and Reverb Nation, they all interconnect. There's also something something you can do. You can use things like a social profile or um, Hootsuite that you can actually set everything up to be put out ahead of time so that, you know, you're doing that ahead of time. If you have a Twitter account that you're only going to be putting your music and information on it, a lot of people are now starting to say this Twitter account is only going to have information on it. So that's that's letting your fans know, um, letting your fans know what's going on. Um, And the other thing is, in terms of that, make sure you on Twitter, Twitter is real time. People will definitely have that attached to their phone. Stay on Twitter. Stay regular. You know, post at least once or twice a day. When I don't get back to a person right away, I say, I'm sorry I missed your call. I was, you know, busy working, but you're, you know, you're, um, here's the answer to this. You know, I appreciate whatever. Always acknowledge people. That's the most important thing. Thank people for your music. Make requests of them to pass it on. You know, share other things than it just being about you. You know, support other people's endeavors all on your profile, and they will support you as well. But don't do it just so they will do it, because people can see through that. Remember, you may yeah, be online. Right. Right. You may be online, but you're talking to people. So that's all I wanted to say. Jay and Vanessa, your last pieces on the social media. Everyone, uh, my thing is. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Jay. Continue. Um, uh, my thing is enjoy social media. It's it's great. It's interactive. It only can be fun, and you can it takes you all over the world. Don't be afraid to talk and meet new people and just explore. 
great, yeah. Hello? So what about yeah, what about you, um, Finestra? What are your last words on it? Um, it's social media is great and uh invest in yourself, you know. Don't be afraid to say hello or say thank you, you know, that's that's a great etiquette, you know. It's very powerful and just yeah, just like Jay said, have fun and just uh be transparent and real, you know, that's all. Okay. And how many – I know, um, Spencer, you're very active on your social media. Can you tell artists um, and, and producers how you're able to manage working and having, you know, being active on your social media as well? That's, that's a great question, Gail. And I have to tell you, to be honest with you, um, it takes work to balance it out because you're dealing with people in different – areas in the world, different time zone, the only thing you can do is just know when is the best time to post. And I find it easier that, you know, this is this for everyone out there, everyone in the audience should listen to this. Make sure when you post something, make sure you post something consistently a certain time. Like for me, for example, I, I, I post in on Tuesdays. I highly recommend you post on a day, or Wednesday or or Thursday, whatever. Any day that you consistently know that you get the most audience out of, and it's recommended, they say, um, Tuesday at 7 p.m. or something like that. Or, But to be honest with you, it's good to post it on a high, highly um, trafficked day, but maybe a Tuesday is busy for you. Maybe you want to post on Wednesday, you know. do Be consistent as possible. That's that's going to make the difference because when they see you that you post every Wednesday at 8 o'clock or whatever, for example, um, they're going to expect you next Wednesday. You know, if you do it consistently, people are going to expect you for the next one, especially when they see that there's a habit, they're going to look forward to the next one. And you'll see it when they're commenting and they're following. So just be consistent with it. Don't fall off the earth without telling everyone, hey, I'm taking some time off, you know, like some people actually like believe it or not, they do care. They don't tell you, but a lot of them they do care and they like wonder like what happened, you know? And uh just be transparent and be consistent. That's all. That's all, you know. Um one of the things um Jay um so we're going to go right into publishing. And I'm going to ask yeah. you and Jay Jay to sub the, sum this up because we don't have a lot of time, but I'd like to start out with you, Finestro, um, as a, a, a producer who's been, you know, getting into the game and, and starting out as well. I want, you to, I want you to be really specific, give our audience some really good tips, and then I'm going to go to Jay to ask him, as someone who's been a veteran, understands publishing as well, you know, give a dynamic between the two of you. Jay, um, Finestro, starting with you, I'm letting you guys know I know a lot about publishing, but I hate it. So I will not be talking really? about it. You hate it? Well, okay, I do not we'll, like we'll talk about that. I don't. I okay. I know what to do. No, I know what to do with it. I just don't like it. I I'm really more from the. I like being an artist and development side. I can't stand it. But anyway, because there's so much to publishing, it's not. There's a straight shot of publishing, but there's so many venues and avenues and international and things that you need to know and things the way it can be manipulated. It, there's a lot to it, and um, it's not just mm-hmm. you doing the basics. You know what I mean, Jay and, and, and Finestro? Yes. You know, so here's the thing I want to start out with real quick. Finestro, let's start with you for publishing one-on-one. 
let's really get in detail and tell people where to start, where to go, how to do, and then, Jay, you come on in right after and please. Okay. Publishing 101. First thing, boys and girls, you must have a PRO, which is a publishing rights organization. There are three out there, which they're called CSAC, there's BMI, and there's ASCAP. Sign up to one of them. I don't want to go into details which one is different, whatever. Pretty much go for the one that you feel that you know that you can um, apply to. And once you apply to them, what they do is they help um, collect your royalties on your behalf and, and every quarter of the year. Am I correct? Am I correct, Jay? Every quarter of the year, they give you a paycheck based on all the royalties collected worldwide. So yeah, now, I get once mine. you, yeah, great. Yep, <laughs> you get mine. I get mine too. <laughs> so when you get that, and uh, when you get that, um, everyone, um, you get, sign up to it. Congratulations, they signed you, and then now you're ready to now publish your music with using their system. There's another way. Before you publish your music, you have this key element to make sure you have before you publish your music or submit it to publishers or contests, whatever. You have to make sure, number one, you have to make sure you have a Nielsen standard code. Usually it's provided for you when you when you go through, um, some people use um, um, Bandcamp, some people use Bandcamp.com, some people use um, uh, TuneCore, which people submit, and then they go to all the um, iTunes, Amazon, the distributor, and they give you the uh, Nielsen Standard Code. What a Nielsen Standard Code is, it's pretty much it's like a social security number for your song. Each song has its own social security number, pretty much, and it's tracked worldwide. So if someone downloads it, if somebody shares it, whatever, it's tracked, like, hey, Someone downloaded it here or whatever, and it, it gives you a monthly summary every time someone downloads it or buys it, whatever, and it keeps track. It's very important to have, uh, it's called IRSC code. Even on SoundCloud, when you, when you, even if you make something available free, you still have that code because it measures how much people are using it, you know, or downloading or whatever, Okay. So after you get your Nielsen standard code, which you're going to use for every production, beat anything that you do that's coming out from your your studio, whether you use Pro Tools, Logic, or whatever, that serial code is on the actual track. The next step you do is after you get your song mixed and mastered, whatever, you get it copywritten, split sheet, which is standard, which is, hey, who produced it, who's, who written the song, because before you submit your song, to a music publisher who's going to place your song to TV or video game or commercial, they ask, for, they ask for like four things. They ask for the title of the song. They ask for who created the song. They ask for the split sheets, like, okay, who produced it? You know, who was the lyrics, if there's lyrics or whatever in the song like the songwriter, pretty much you actually submit the split sheet, like who produced it, percentage, blah, 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 because when they actually submit it to their placement managers, they want to make sure it's fair and they know once they get the deal with whoever client they have that they're going to um, license your music to, they want to pay evenly and fair 
to that amount. But the publishers, they take their 10% out because they're doing the work for you. They're promoting your stuff. They're making sure that you get paid because they don't get paid. You don't get paid unless they get paid. You know, they don't get paid unless you get paid. So it works like that. They're an agent for you to sell your song, license it, not sell like they own it, but they're going to license your music to ensure the success of it, to placement on TV, film, whatever, et cetera. So they're going to ask for a split sheet to make sure everyone is on there. After you get that done, they're going to ask you for your, again, they're going to ask you for your PRO number, which is your publishing rights organization, which is your BMI, ASCAP, or CSEC, whatever organization that you're with. They're going to ask for your account number so that when they stamp it to each song that you submit, they know it's you and all the contributors of the track. And after that, they want to make sure you have no samples. Like if you if you chopped up samples of some Jay-Z beat or whatever, they want to make sure you got everything because you'll get into trouble if you have a song that you use and you use a sample because it's going to go against you because they may have to sign an extra check for this person even though they didn't do the song that you produced. If you use one sample that's not yours that you created on your own, you have to make sure you let them know. But if everything that you did was straight from your computer or from external instrument that you played or had somebody play, it's totally fine. So after you submit that to all the um, all the information to the publisher, they will now forward you to the next step, which is you're going to be in a catalog. Catalog meaning that they got you on a library. That means your song is very marketable, and they put you in category A. That means someone's interested in it. Now that's when the fun begins because now that they have you at that level, after you did all the business paperwork, now they have you to be placed into um, either film or cartoon, whatever, and that's when things happen. And um, how I recommend everyone, if you're not, if you don't know where to submit your songs that has. Um, some popularity or if there's any favor on it. If you did every step, like the business side of it, splishing all that, you're ready. Now there's publishing houses you can submit to, you know, like Gail, I think you mentioned before, last shows before, um, um, uh, Warner Brothers, they have one, Sony have one. Um, there's so many outlets. Like I give you a couple of websites from the last show that we had. Um, the first time when I entered it, I did it in a way where it was um, opportunities that they get producers and artists to showcase their song. And they have contests in different genres. I'm electronic dance music, um, dubstep, house, and hip-hop, electronic, pretty much electronic. So you put yourself in the genre that you want to submit to, and when you submit it to that one, the other people, like the labels, the radio stations, everyone that's part of the contest they have a certain amount of time that you can submit, and then they'll give you a response within a week or more. One of the examples that I recommend people just to like to get test the waters, I submit I submitted through modernbeats.com, which I connected with a lot of people um, who were either label heads, A&Rs, that listened to your tracks, and they actually give you feedback on your, on your profile where you submit all your stuff. Like, for example, this is a nice track, we forward it to label, or this is not what we're looking for, or, hey, there's no structure. They're very honest. And if you get your song forwarded to a label or, or, or executive, they will say, congratulations, your music has been selected 
or forward it to a label, executive label, et cetera. And they'll give you an email, and then the next email after that, they will CC you on the email with that exact executive okay. information, introducing you to them, and you will be. And pretty much from there on, that's when you get your wings and you continue on. Um, okay. Well, th- well, thank and, you. So and from there, that's when you send your tracks to them, and you work out the same steps I told you before. And that's how you get your things placed. But there's other places okay. you could do also. You know. Well, thank you so much, Finestro. That that give, that shed a lot of light. Um, and I, I want to get Jay in here too because he has to go soon. I just have a very quick question, uh, Finestro. Are you currently with any publishing houses now? Yes, I'm with. Currently, I'm with two publishing houses non-exclusively. What this means is, okay, there's a non-exclusive and there's an exclusive deal. Non-exclusive is the best deal you can have because this allows me as a producer, I can submit my song to any other publishing um, house unless exceptional, unless if my song has not been used anywhere else, I can submit. Thank you so much. So if I was an exclusive, if I was exclusive, that means I'm married to you for the rest of my life. Whether you use my song or not, I can't. I can't use it. I can't, no, that's not good for you. The best deal you could ever have is a non-exclusive because moving forward as a producer, as a songwriter, as an right. artist, if you got that deal with anything, do and also we talked in last shows, If you could, you could go back to Blog Talk Radio, listen to the last shows. You could listen to the audience. You could hear what we was talking about, making sure you got a lawyer, make sure you got a manager to look up your stuff. Remember the first exactly. show? Make sure you got all that. Okay, and then once you enter there, you should be fine. Yeah. Exactly. Thank you so much. Um, Jay, would you please give your thoughts on Publishing 101? You've been in this game for a long time. You know how it works. You know what needs to be done. Can you share with our audience um, in detail what what your thoughts are in moving forward? Sure. I'm going to make this quick, and maybe a later show we can go into detail. I want to talk about the licenses, and this is how you get paid. you have, uh, I'm going to talk about three licensing. One is called mechanical. One is called synchronization. And the last one is called transcription. And if you're not aware of these three licensing uh, techniques, uh, you will not get paid. Um, mechanical royalties, licensing, uh, it's uh, basically, it refers to uh, the paid reproduction of songs on CD or DAT or cassettes or music greeting cards or other devices, and sold on a per-unit basis. So that's how you would get paid um, from, like, you know, you know, Target, um, Walgreens, Walmart, um, and, and that's basically what that's about. And so we're going to go to the synchronization. Okay, synchronization, it's, uh, it's licenses. Uh, whenever a song is used, like, as a visual image, uh, it's, it's, pretty, it's necessary to obtain a synchronization. Um, and they usually call it sync license, uh, and that permits the use of songs uh, uh, in movies, in television advertisers, motion pictures companies, video manufacturers, and CD-ROM companies, and video games and stuff like that. So now you guys know about the mechanical, and now you know about the synchronization, and those are two important parts of music publishing that you guys need to do some research on out there if you want to be able to make income from your song. The last... Um, the last uh, license I like to talk about is called transcription. Now, when you have a transcription license, guys, that's a license for radio, radio ads, radio ads.
ads, like if they're going to use your song on a beer commercial on the radio, you might want them to use that because they have to acquire a transcription license or any type of advertisement on the radio. So you got those three licenses that I talked about um, real quickly. And on our next show, we can go into details. If anybody wants to call in and have any questions about these three licenses or licensing their songs so they can make money, feel free to call us at listengift.com, and we'll be glad to share information with you about those three licenses. Jay, before you go, I do have one question for you. There is um, something that you and Finestra didn't really touch on, and that is how would you advise people, Jay, when they're dealing with publishing? And would you advise them to open up their own publishing company as well, or would you advise them to go straight to a large publisher? Jay, ask that question. This is a a great question. Now, for me, I signed with BMG. You know why? Because their resources are going to be bigger than any small publishing company. So it's, it's like this. You, you're betting against yourself. So if you if you get your own you get your own publishing company, you're not going to go out and go to every record company and solicit your song. You're not going to be able to collect your money from everybody, even if you have it. <laughs> you have all, you have all these performance rights organizations working for you to get your money. You have to have people out there to go do sub subcontracting deals, sub publishing deals. We need like people like you, Gail, to go over to Midham and work things out. I mean, so to me, it's it, it, the opportunities are bigger when you have BMG, Chapel Music, uh, you know, you know these big firms getting your publishing. We're going to publishing deal with them because you'll get better opportunities. It'll put you in a better limelight, you know, because most of the big artists have big publishing deals. They're getting paid from the publishers to write 10, 20 songs a year, and they might have a $200,000 deal or even more. So I would say yeah. if you can get a big deal with Apple Music, if you can, and that's a hard thing to do, not as easy as you think, go for it. Because you basically all your songs are not going to be hits. You're not going to write 500 hit songs. I mean, if you do, you're great, but I doubt it. Um, you might write 500 songs, and maybe 10 of them might be hits. Might. Maybe just one. So... I would try to get a big deal. And if you can't, then go ahead and get your small publishing company together and, and that way. At least you're you you, 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 you stockpiling your songs, you're um, administrating your songs, and you're registering your songs with BMI or ASCAP or CSAC or any of the uh, performing rights organizations. And, uh, and Jay, two more questions. I'm very sorry. But I have to ask you this since we're on the subject. The other, the other thing is, in, would you still advise a person to have a publishing company and then have it uh, distributed by a bigger publisher? I sure would. I mean, it's always good to have the first line of protection for your song. So, yes, yes, you know, you're absolutely right. You should have a small publishing company and then work a deal with a big major because the major, the major company is going to go out and work for you. You know, everybody says, well, you should yeah. be fine. You should be scared. Like, I, I disagree with some of the exclusive stuff. It's some, it's some, that uh, Vanessa was saying, sometimes the exclusive things is good, non-exclusive is good, but to me, you have to weigh it out. Be smart, you know, because you're so, you might, hey, if you, let's say you never write a hit, so maybe you should have signed that exclusive deal because they're going to give you a big uh, advance. You, you know, I'm just saying it depends on what you feel and making the right decision. Make the right decision because your songs can be put out there and given to other artists around the world by, by looking at YouTube and Universal. And if you sign a deal with Universal, you have, you have you have access to all those YouTube artists that want to be on Universal. And partnership, and get yeah. Get song on the app. So wow. don't you know? Kind of, kind of make sure you make the right decision. It's you know, it's some, it's some, it's some pros and cons on both sides. You know, sure. But, yeah, but so, so, what you're, so what you're saying, Jay, it, you, it's good to have 
your own publishing company, and then what you can do is c- create a deal between your publishing company and the larger publishing company. Am I correct or am I incorrect there? You're absolutely correct. You're absolutely correct. Now you, your first line of defense is you, and you have your publishing company, but you know your publishing company can't do it all. You can't. You're not a major distributor. And I just want to I just want to add this to close it out um, and then get their last thoughts is the reason why it's always good to st- create a company as Jay is talking about is because if anything goes on someone wants to sue your publishing company or or sue you they can sue your company and you're not sued directly it's always yeah, good right. to have a level of protection as a business whether you're a produ- if you're a producer start a production company if you're an artist you put on your own label, and then when you go to get your recording deal, they have to make a deal with your company, and you can have say also in who the producers are. Maybe not all the producers, but some. So um, last thoughts, Jay, last thoughts. Uh, Finestro, Jay, we'll start with you. What are your last thoughts, Jay, on the publishing? Uh, protect yourself. Get out there and protect yourself. Copyright your song. Register your song. And also make sure that you affiliate yourself with a lawyer or someone uh, such as uh, 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 some type of consultant or somebody that can help you so you can make the right, proper decisions when signing any piece of paper. Make sure you consult with a lawyer. And, uh, Finestro, your last thought. And on top of that, Jay, also um, learn to market yourself. Don't be afraid to go to seminars. Ask questions um, to the people that are giving resources. Like, seriously, I love Listen Gives. Like, this blog... Um, this radio interview is very amazing. It's like, I hope people really get this interview and um, take notes to it. Um, and just really, as an artist, just take it as a business, you know, do the proper steps. Don't neglect your artist side, but also consider the business aspects of it. Learn what all the areas in the music industry business it is so you can be aware of it so you're not taken advantage of. Okay, and then the, the last piece that I just want to add to every first, I want to thank Jay and Finestro for being on. And, you know, we we may make this a regular uh, series once a month, who knows. Um, but this is something that we really wanted to talk about, especially for young kids who always say, I want to be an artist and think they're going to make a lot of money. Um, both Finestro and Jay are producers yeah. and understand what it takes. And I've been in the industry for many years as well. What I do want to end on saying is this. Remember to protect yourself. Um, but don't go, don't go in the industry with the perception that you need to protect yourself like someone's going to do something to you. But also realize that, like any other industry, there are going to be people that make promises that they can't follow through on. And no matter what, even if you have a t- start out with a team that you have to use several people as resources to support you, uh, do so. Remember to incorporate yourself as a business or in, uh, create an LLC or something locally in your state or whatever so that when you're dealing with other people, you have a veil of protection. If you're a producer that is by yourself and you're, you know, you're kind of midstream, the bottom line is then you don't need to start a company right away, but make sure down the road that you do. All right, with that said, thank you, everyone. And as usual, Sinestro and Jay, listen, give, let's listen on out with I Want Your Number by Pat and Leather.